0: Welcome to the Tennis.com Podcast, presented by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis worldwide, right to your front door. And now, here's your host, Ed
1: McGrogan. Hey guys, Tennis.com Podcast here on a Friday. It's uh, back with the three of us. I'm Ed McGrogan, Pete Bodo, and Steve Tigner. Pete, I didn't, didn't know there was tennis being played up in Montana this time of year. but I uh, had no <laughs> idea what's going on, but I'm back and ready to roll. Yeah. Hey, you, you walked into a a pretty breaking news event today in Doha it was it was supposed to be a pretty simple day there the the semifinals of the event were set were determined yesterday at least the semifinalists the matches are determined today but uh, but the big news was we heard that after she lost her last round robin match Elena Dementieva retired not from her match but from tennis itself uh, against Francesca Schiavone she lost the match two and four. Um, and after the match, an on-court announcement said that she was done after, I think it was about 12 years, 29-year-old. She won, her big achievement is the Olympic gold medal. She never did win a slam. A lot of people say that she is one of the, if not the most accomplished player not to win a slam. So I'll get your guys' thoughts just Go at it. You know, what's kind of the reaction to this type of news?
2: Well, boy, talk about dropping a bomb. You know, late season, late season news. You know, everyone's kind of – everything's going along in Doha, you know, pretty under the radar in a way. And now she comes up with this. I don't know. I'm a little skeptical about the timing on this and stuff. I mean, I guess – maybe, maybe you could see this coming because, you know, she's, you know, she's, she's turned in a lot. She's had a lot of losses that were in that two and four, one and three kind of, kind of range. And so you got to wonder, you know, she seems to be a little mentally, and maybe physically burned out is what, is what it seems like to me. And yet it's kind of odd to make the announcement now. I mean, you know, now you retire, why not take sort of a victory lap? If you're, if you really thought this out, you would, you know, maybe do a victory lap next year. I guess she's Calling it quits, had it done, uh, but you know uh, it's not entirely convincing. Look, she's a great, great athlete. She's probably the most athletic woman. She's very close to one of the being one of the most athletic women on a tour. So you know it's not inconceivable that it, you know she gets a little rest, middle of the next year, starts missing it like Kendall. So you're already looking forward to the same,
1: it's the same story of it's not really a retirement, it's just a break. It setup. does have
3: that feel. Uh, Kim, when Kleister's retired, she just lost a match and she came. She had planned to retire at the end of the end of the year or later and she she lost one match just came off the court and said she was done Hennen immediately said she was done at one point with no real preparation and that was a surprise this sort of feels like that but I don't I think it's less likely that she'll come back Dementia was 29 she didn't have a great year she's been injured Uh, as much as it's a surprise it's not quite as quite as shocking she she hadn't I guess the one thing is she had gone down a bit
2: but hadn't gone down Hey, when sure was her last much. when was her career high Now we're talking about a great athlete here. When was her career high ranking? April of two thousand and nine. Right. Just a little over a year ago. Career I mean, high. She she ranking.
1: has always remained in the yeah, amongst a lot
2: amongst a lot of those
1: younger players who have made who've made their way in the top ten, she has stayed in the top ten for quite some time now. She
3: hasn't gone up and down. I guess she's she's older than, than you might think because she hadn't really had a had a decline. I'm sort of surprised. I knew she was twenty nine, but it's still sort of surprising. She seemed to be pretty steadily, you know, her career, if not rising, at least staying the same. Um, I did have the feeling the last few tournaments, the last time, few times I watched her, she wasn't as... to be really into right. she being looked in, a little burned out or something. Into being in Doha, she, um, she you know, was pretty loose, and didn't even, didn't really look like she, obviously she was thinking about this.
2: Well, <laughs> she's still ranked number nine, and, you know, I don't know exactly how the Doha finals are going to affect the rankings, but if she finishes the year... At number nine or better, depending on what happens with the rankings, it'll be seventh year in the top ten. Yeah, yeah. She she um, talk about matches and being into them. She,
1: I watched her match yesterday with Stozer, I believe gave Stozer the only loss she suffered, mm-hmm. and after that, it was a pretty big, pretty big uh, celebration on her part. Just, I mean, she obviously knew about this coming into the week before, and and what happened today, as I saw, was um, all of the all of the Players who came to Doha on the court, they all lined up right at center court and had, and there is Von Reva actually gave her a little send off and fellow fell Russian. So that's, so obviously this is what, there's, John, yeah, there's, 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 yeah. there's, there's some planning. Yeah, there is. Somebody got on the
2: phone last night and said, okay, you six girls show up tomorrow because <laughs> yeah. the lady's retiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that,
1: <laughs> At least one day of planning, one day of thought. Yeah, it's still, of course, still has that up and retired feel to it, of course. Yeah, but, but... you know, it's still
2: a damaging I'm, – I'm sorry, but I don't want to be a spoil sport but it's still kind of God, a damaging God. thing. These retirements, like, you know, come off the court after you lose a match any place in the world and just say, okay, I'm done. I mean, it really, if nothing else, it, it kind of shows – I don't know what the right term is lack of respect for the game or lack of appreciation of the fans or i don't know it just you know just up and quit it's a little but you, like, know, you, you know you know not quitting your job you know so like walking in the office and saying you know what i'm out of here guys bye you know instead of like hey listen you know i'm gonna retire you know i'm, I'm going make my announcement you know let's make the most of this you know i don't want to make a big deal made out of me but you know but maybe
1: you need to have maybe you need to have won a slam to sort of have that to, to, have, to have the victory well, have, it's not like you can it's not like you could have like Julian Benetto say I'm going to retire next year guys and we're going to well gonna... Steffi
3: Steffi did it the same way Dementieva did she lost a match and she was done in the Wimbledon final in 1999 so it can happen to anybody um i guess that's a norm just to drop the bomb right i guess so i guess that's a that's a theme for for the wta it's, it's sort of um maybe she maybe Dementieva didn't Dementieva didn't want the attention or the victory lap i don't know she was always she always seemed like a pretty classy classy player and that's one thing that that uh, the, the Toro miss I think is her sort of sort of even keel sort of classy. Demeanor, you know, besides her game and her her ability to challenge the the best players, and
2: you know, what I mean, victory lap in terms of you know, let, let's let's let everybody see how great I am one more time, but it's more like a little bit like you know, let me just smell the roses a little bit, you know, let me let me look at next year as you know, I'm going out, everything's nothing, you know, it's it's all free, you know, I'm gonna take I'm not expecting much, I just want to you know, see these places one more time, say goodbye to all these tournaments, you know, really appreciate and savor and and, and appreciate. Maybe it, she it. saw a Marat Safin and then he was sick of it by April. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: Maybe t- maybe that's what. T- Tennis does to you, are just like, I gotta get out. I gotta I get almost, away from this. Yeah, I, am, I almost wonder if I almost was sort of surprised you don't see this a little more in types of players who are making incredible earnings by the time they're in their early to mid twenties and some I mean, there used to be I know this is not a comparable example, we have we have Borg who went out early and you just mm-hmm. I wonder with all the riches they have thrown their way, they can obviously just stop working and stop all the demands of the media and the scrutiny and just kind of leave, which to me, it's Dementyev well, also. Well, they can,
2: but I mean, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah,
3: so. Dementeva also did a lot of work over her career. I think she, you know, she did a lot of physical work and and to, she sort of had a at a dip early on in her career. Then she made herself she made herself a better player, and she worked. You know, I get the feeling she she was a hard worker, and 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 it took a lot for her. With her lack of serve to make her game as good as it was.
2: Mm-hmm. And the serve has just come around too. It's kind of funny. Her serve is, you know, finally her better. serve has not been an issue anymore. Not one match, 19 double faults, and she hit a 50 mile an hour for a serve. Those are wonderful numbers. I used to love watching just to see. I used to love her matches just to see her her, her mental agony as she mm-hmm. and she ended up winning a lot of those matches. Maybe not against the top players, but she did win a lot of those matches. Like, I really enjoyed watching her.
0: Shop Tennis Express for the best selection of top brands with expert service at fair prices. The Tennis Express team is available to help you find the right tennis gear. Shop Tennis Express and find out why their customers call them a candy store for tennis players. Call 1-800-833-6615 or log on to www.tennisexpress.com today.
1: Okay, one more thing we want to hit before this podcast is out is earlier in this week we had uh, two two old guys who stepped back into the limelight here. Old guys tennis, relatively speaking. We have, for one, let's start with Jim Courier, who who he was the lead, he was the front runner from all accounts for the U.S. Davis Cup job, which Patrick McEnroe he left that open after the last relegation tie, which the U.S. played against Colombia, and Courier beat out. Uh, Todd Martin, probably a couple other candidates. I can't remember them. Brad right. Gilbert, Gilbert, yeah, he was on the list. So, so Courier's now the guy in charge of the Davis Cup team. Uh, I saw after the announcement, it it was mentioned. Roddick said that he would be back in playing next year. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't under the impression that that was a certainty. If it was a thing with Courier, but I was, I wasn't sure if he was going to come back either way. But he's coming back, and then you have this year with what Fish and Isner and Query did. So there's, and then the Brian brothers as well, you're not really sure. Are they sort of fitting things? So the U.S. Davis captain, there's a lot of roster questions. There's a coach, a new coach. So what do you guys think about that setup altogether? How's you know, your thoughts going into the next year? Of-
2: well, it's a perfect time to, to change captains in a way. You know, Patrick uh, McEnroe, the for, outgoing captain, former captain, you know, just, you know, brought along his team, you know, built his team. I mean, it's a little like every – it, you know, it's like the Vince Lombardi Packers or any other great team in history. And he got that stamp of of, of, of of teamwork and of people who get along and his shared togetherness and stuff. And that, that clearly was going to go because Andy Andy Rodgers getting a little old in the tooth, a little long in the tooth. And, um, you know, some of the other guys. You know, James Blake is out, so you know it's a perfect time for transition. I, you know, I think it's going to be an interesting job for Courier. I think he's going to have, in some ways, an abundance of riches. Maybe not in terms of who we're going to beat and who these guys can beat, but we're going to have an abundance of choices. He's I got, think. yeah, he's definitely has some. He's got choices.
3: Go I think he's a guy. He's a good choice in that he was a number one player in the world. He was a big Davis Cup guy. The guys, the players, will have a lot of respect for him. The only, and I th- he's an intelligent guy too. Um, the only sort of downside, I guess, is that. Like John McEnroe, Courier, Courier is one of the guys who was really good. Patrick McEnroe may have been a more patient type of captain because he wasn't a former number one player. That's what they say about all the really great players. They 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 have trouble with being patient with as a coach, and that'll be something that Courier will have to. I mean, I think Courier will be fine, but I think he'll have to he'll have to make sure he is patient in that I way, think the way that Patrick his, was.
2: I think he took his cues from uh, I, I think he probably learned a lot from watching John's experience as a Davis cup captain. I mean, you, you'd be crazy not to. I mean, everybody saw what it, I mean, that was just an He was only disaster. one year, right? One, one year. year, yeah. And he lost in the semis, and he actually wanted to stick himself into play against Spain <laughs> that year. He had Vince Beatty who was on <laughs> yeah, the team. Yeah, he just couldn't None of no, no, the top guys would play. Courier, in fact, was one of the guys who I guess wouldn't play for him, if I remember right. But uh, yeah, so I, I think Jim knows it's a minefield out there. My, my thing a little bit with him is that jim's i mean jim's basically kind of a you know i have no other way to put this kind of a hard ass and so he's going to be he's going to be a tough guy you know and he's going to have to navigate dealing with the usta with all the people in suits who want to meet the team who want to do this who want to do that you know the receptions and things like that let's remember that famous incident in dallas when the u.s won the u.s won the davis cup over switzerland in the pre federer days and uh you know uh Courier went in the locker room and he wanted to make them all wear cowboy hats for the uh, for the uh, draw ceremony <laughs> uh, and stuff. And courier said words to the effect, "I'm not wearing those no stinking cowboy hats." Right, so you know, right. we'll see how that plays. And that's a big, you know, that's a big part of that job. And Patrick actually had a very good personality for dealing with those. You know, Patrick was a guy who would, in fact, he's, he's told me that you know he would see in some Davis Cup situations he'd see USTA people approaching the table where the players were, and he'd kind of intercept them and and sort of be the middle guy so that it wasn't you know too uncomfortable for yeah, the Patrick players
3: is much more of a USTA guy, and he he didn't mind the sort of formal duties. But it's true. Curio will have to – Curio is not that kind of guy.
1: And the they section. start – and they get a tough test right there. Aren't they away on clay? Just Chile, I yep. – forgive me if I'm wrong there. But, but I don't think Chile have Gonzalez, so that's – Yes, that's, that's true, yeah. It'll be a be a revealing tie, who we picks, see how they do him. That'll be – Interesting to see come come March, I believe. He will be there. able to give
2: the guys good tips on playing clay court tennis, claim, I think. Yeah. And that, that's really gonna be valuable. And you know, as Steve said, you know, coming from a guy who's been there, who's been number one, who's who's had those tough clay court matches, both in Davis Cup as well as it He was a big Grand Davis Cup guy too. Yeah. yeah. The other guy I
1: want to mention was Thomas Mooster. He came back this week. He got a he's forty-three, form, former French Open champ, um, got a wild card into the hometown event of his in Vienna. He was playing a couple challenger events since the beginning of this summer. I want to say he's been and he without too much success. I think he only had maybe one or two match wins in there, and he got a win or and he got a wild card into this event. He was supposed to play Ernest Golbus. That's mm-hmm. that, that might have gotten him a win. <laughs> that might have <laughs> yeah. gotten him a win. <laughs> yeah, quite yeah, maybe <laughs> quite a in, quite an intro back in the pro tour there. Golbus ended up pulling out and and Mooster um, ends up playing a a lower-ranked Austrian player who beat him six-one-seven-six, I believe. Two and six, yeah. Two and six. You watched this one pretty close. Yeah, I watched what it. Did, Muster um, you
3: know, didn't look bad. He was totally overwhelmed in the first set. Mainly, he just doesn't. You know, he doesn't have the same kind of strokes that, that this guy does. You can see the difference in the game right away from the way this kid, ranked one fifty-seven, was. Murr is his name. Murr. He could just, t- you know, if he if he had any trouble in a game, he could just he could belt his serve and. To Musters backhand and Musters one-handed backhand, he couldn't even he could couldn't keep it within.
2: Was he grunting?
3: Ten feet of the court. Yeah, he was grunting. He wasn't playing badly. You know, he got he got the second set to a tiebreaker. He started to he started to sort of find his range and and but he um and he, he didn't look like he was in bad shape. But but it's clearly you know he's he's somebody from another. Did time he have you made, did,
1: did you get any sense that the second set was made competitive for the occasion? Oh, it's possible. It was in Vienna. Uh, guys that fell out, probably watched him growing up. Fellow Austrian. Um, the guy was never challenged on his...
2: Throw, throw him a couple games. <laughs> right. Thomas Grand <laughs> Slam champion, was, a couple times. usually the other way around.
1: Grand Slam champions, you throw you guys there. He was never
3: challenged. The guy was never challenged on his serve. So he was clearly making it, you know, he was making it, you know, obvious that he was going to, he wasn't gonna let it get too out of control. Anyway. That's a great right.
2: point, though, about the serve to the second, about this uh, serve to the backhand, Steve. It's you know, like that's one of those things where you get really get almost like a, like a, a photograph, like an image of the changes in the game. Is when you see a guy one-handed backhand. That used to be that backhand used to be the scourge of of tennis. Strongest I mean, shot. Backhand. What a, what a great shot, and it was a great shot at the time. Probably could still be a great shot. If he really adjusted and got used to what's happening, he's not going to win enough matches to get adjust and get used to what he's got to do to return those serves. But that's a perfect little, you know, precise, concise, obvious comment on how the game has changed. Guy with a one-handed backhand only confirms what Lendl once said about he. The one thing he wished he'd done in his career was learn to hit a two-handed mm-hmm. backhand because he thinks it really would have helped him on a return. You got you guys
1: watch Mooster more than more and I have. What have you and you and you've talked to him during your times
2: covering the events. What would you get? Sens- well, that guy sweated so much you had to wipe yourself off, not <laughs> just him wiping himself. I mean, he was, it was kind of funny on his website there. You know, he's selling all kinds of stuff. He was selling wine. He, was, but he <laughs> That's had right. cologne. It was, he's like he was entrepreneur. like launching a brand name, Thomas Muster Cologne. It was like, what was it going to be, eau de perspiration? Mm, you know, I mean, if I was one of the great sweaters of all time. But uh, now he was an interesting character, though. And, uh, you know, you, you got to give him credit. You know, he came back from that. He Down in Miami, I don't remember, don't remember what year it was, but the courtesy mm-hmm. car backed into him, busted. Both his knees up pretty badly, and he was off the tour for a long time. And he came back and played great. I mean, the guy was a, a real warrior, no question about that. And he was an interesting guy too. I think after he retired, he went and he, he bought a ranch in Australia, where I think all he did was raise dirt bikes for like you know he, he built this like dirt bike race course and went zooming around there. And then he ballooned down, you know, drank all that Austrian beer, I guess, and he ballooned up. He's been a in
3: and out of shape many, many, many times in no the last much. ten years. But he's a little like Lendl, you know. You mentioned Lendl; he's he is a little like that. He wasn't the most naturally talented guy, but he won with. Sort of a sheer, like bullheaded determination, or the most
2: beloved, right? I mean, or the most beloved. And you all. said, and you not said, his f-
1: his condition looked fine during this match. You you said it, you know. Yeah, he was. Had, sl- I mean, he was. He, he was. Yeah, the not, speed may not have been the there, but he was con- there. Yeah, the. But he didn't appearance. look like he got tired. Right. Yeah. All right. I'd like to see. I'd like to see the Grand Open Bone get
2: a wild card. That'd be yeah, fun. Yeah, I think that'd be nice. I mean, you know, instead
1: uh, of Karsten Ball or someone or.
2: Hey, look! But this guy—this yeah, this, we'll this guy—is dreaming if he thinks he's going to be the next Kymiko Date
1: Crumb. <laughs> I know that's no—that's your girl. I mean, there's no disputing that. That bandwagon is still open and running. That's rolling. She good. got she good. got a wild card to Bali, actually. Oh, she did. Yes. Oh, good. I'm yeah. glad
2: for her. That's yeah. great. A good lot news. of stuff happens when you go to Montana. Go Miko. Yeah. All
1: right. Well, we'll be back next week after the Doha. Um, tournament concludes and we'll discuss the results of that and look forward to another slate of ATP events next week Basel, Valencia and the rest of the season clouds on for Tom, for Pete Bodo Steve Finger, and McGrogan, thanks for listening
0: You've been listening to the Tennis.com podcast presented by Tennis Express, the tennis industry's retailer of the year For more news and information head over to Tennis.com